Welcome to the Gen Z Today podcast. I'm your host, Jordan Whitmer, founder and CEO of the How to Life Movement. On Gen Z Today, we discuss practical ways you can boldly live and lead for Christ. Find out how you can have confident hope and make a difference for Jesus, especially when it comes to the Great Commission. Welcome to Gen Z Today. All right, hello, hello, and welcome to the Gen Z Today podcast. I am your host, Jordan Whitmer, and I am so glad that you are tuning in to listen to this episode where every episode we have a conversation about what it means to live and lead for Jesus in this generation. And as many of us in this generation, sometimes we want to make a difference for Christ, but we're not sure how, we're not sure what that looks like and or what it just means to live for him and to have a life that is uh, with purpose in a life that is centered around Christ. And uh, we have those conversations on here. And normally I have a guest on this podcast. Today I have two guests on the same podcast. And uh, you may know them, you may not. Either way, I'm excited for you to get to meet them here today. They've both been on this podcast before on their individual individual episodes with them. Uh, we have them together here because in this recording, we are currently... Uh, well, they're going to tell you where we are here in a second uh, for uh, this recording. But without further ado, I'm excited to introduce to you. Who is it? Who are you guys? My name's David Ladding. And I'm Elijah Lamb. It's David Ladding and Elijah Lamb. We are here. And where are we? London. We're in the streets of London. In in. Slow. <laughs> yes, we Just, are here. We are we are here in the UK, in England, and uh, and David and Elijah are already cracking up. Oh no, this is going to be a I long. I didn't know episode. if I wanted to say slough or not. Yeah, it, I don't know. Yeah, weird town. Yes, yes. So for all for all zero of you listeners from Slough, Marvin, if you're our friend from Slough, if you're listening to this, we apologize for making fun of your town, but I think you'd probably agree because normally. Our British friends tend to agree uh, when we make jokes about their towns because they're the ones making the jokes first. But but yeah, no, we were in England and uh, we've been here. We had a How to Life retreat in Manchester with young people from all over the world that attended uh, and and have been here with us from eight different countries, four continents, and it's been just an amazing time of people coming together and uh, and and working to reach our generation. Uh, and see what the Lord is doing. And uh, and then as of this recording, we're uh, preparing for a How to Life London event. And uh, David and Elijah are going to be a part of this event with us. And uh, it's just been awesome having you guys here. What has this, uh, can you guys tell us just a little bit, what has this week uh, kind of been like for you? Have you guys been enjoying England? What have you liked about it? And what have you not liked about it? Yeah, I'm obsessed with England. It is so cool. L- London really sold me on it. I like I posted on my Instagram story. I said, I want to live here someday because it, it is really cool. But specifically like London, not Manchester. Oh my <laughs> gosh. I am a Manchester hater. Except like the soccer teams. That's or, Sorry, the football teams. Oh. Football, the football teams. They're, they're you cool. You just offended 90% of the world, yeah, Elijah. It, well, it's just force of habit. I know the real name now, but I've called okay. it soccer my entire life. So I'm working on it. But uh, yeah, it's, it's really awesome. And I've actually been really stoked on what I think God wants to do in the UK for a while now, just knowing it's one of those super secular 
places that a lot of people have given up on and just think are too far gone. Um, and so it's really cool. It's been fun to be around believers from all over. Awesome. And David, what have you liked or not liked? Yeah, I, I've loved it. Um, I love the architecture, how... Art- architecture? Architecture. Architecture. Um, <laughs> I love it so much. Um, it's beautiful. It pretty much outdoes every street and city in America. I love America, red, white, and blue. Yeah. Yeah. Bald um, eagle squad. Yeah. That was a bald eagle. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> that's good. Um, they're going to edit, edit this, right? Oh, no. Okay. This is uh, all staying on so far. Uh, okay. So, um, yeah, it's amazing. Um, the people don't like Americans. Um, uh, they, they, some, they do. They warm up to us. Yeah, they do. They, they eventually the Christians warm up. like us. Oh, yeah, they love us. The Christians are Christians. Um, they're really <laughs> kind. They're amazing. They love the Lord. So kind. Amazing. Their accents are so much cooler than ours. Um, eh, never mind. America's amazing. We won. (laughs) And um, um, yeah, it's awesome. Um, I have to come to one conclusion, though. Um, With deep prayer and fasting, I have um, got a revelation from the Lord uh, that Manchester um, uh, is the throne of the devil described (laughs) (laughs) described in uh, 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 Revelation. Yeah. Ooh. Aren't you a Manchester United fan? Glory, glory, man, United. Yeah, but the town stinks. (laughs) We didn't even have a chance to go into the city. But we will, bro. It's okay. They're really bad. So I'm actually probably going to switch to a Man City fan because Holland is a beast. Wow, wow. I guess that just shows how uh, compelling. I would never do such a thing, (laughs) ever. Glory, glory, man, United. It's coming home to Wembley. Wow, wow. I was about to say that that's how compelling Holland is, that he has the respect of David. But yeah, awesome. Well, well, this has been an amazing time. We've had a fun week. We've been able to go to places like Brighton and London and uh, uh, Oxford is where we went uh, today, the day we're recording this, and, and just so many cool places. And it really has been amazing getting to be here in the UK and just seeing how the Lord has worked in the past. There's so much history, so many cool things to see, and it's been an honor having you guys here as well, uh, just to be able to uh, to explore and see uh, some of these places and uh, and to connect with some amazing uh, brothers and sisters in Christ from uh, that are Gen Z, uh, Christian British young people. It's been pretty special. So uh, before we get to this next segment. Uh, I want these guys to get to know you guys a little bit. Again, some of you uh, might know who Elijah or David are, uh, uh, whether that's from social media, from uh, TikTok, from YouTube, from Instagram, any anywhere in that zone, uh, or uh, or perhaps you are just hearing about them for the first time. But uh, this is how we wanted to do the introductions here. David, tell us something we need to know about Elijah, and then Elijah... You tell us something that we need to know about David. Yeah, I would say Elijah is a insane an insane leader. Um, he uh, through his obedience, um, which he's a crazy man of obedience. Through his obedience, he I guess unintentionally uh, sparked a uh, a revival on the internet through so many people. He actually inspired me. Mm. Um, 
to start what I was doing, sell his video. Um, and I was like, man, this is insane. And to even get to know him on a personal level, um, the way he corrects and calls me higher, um, it's like golden. Like I, I, I wouldn't trade the friendship I have with him for $4 million, maybe $5 million, but <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Um, yeah, one thing about David, he's probably like 5'3". Oh, no, people always think I'm really short when I'm with him because he's like 6'7". How tall are you? Well, I'm... Don't I'm, lie. I'm 5'6". Dude, I'm not 5'6". I have no idea. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm six foot. I'm very confident about it too. I have no idea. I'm, I'm six foot. Truth. Well, we can stand up next to each other after this. You just have to take your shoes off. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, no, but David is, uh, in the best way possible is someone who is just like totally lost in the Lord, like at all times. I think he's paying more attention to God and to the voice of the Holy Spirit than the real world most of the time, which challenges me all the time um, mm. whenever I'm with him because he's always listening. He's always discerning. He's always paying attention to what God is doing and saying. Um, and that's his biggest priority. And so he's like heads up and his head is up in like the spiritual clouds. I mean, um, you know, there's that saying that like, it's funny, but there's the saying, and it's a really stupid saying, the one that's like, don't be so heavenly minded. You're not of any earthly good. Cause that's, cause that's not true. I think David's probably one of the most heavenly minded people I know. And he's of more earthly good than most people I know. Ooh, so wow, wow. he's awesome. Well, I'll echo both of those. I've known both of you guys for a little while now. I, uh, I first met David actually, before I even knew who Elijah was, we, we had a FaceTime call very early on, very randomly, back when you were still in high school, because uh, we just connected on Instagram and chatted and got to hear a little bit about what you were up to. And it was a long time ago now when I think about it. And then, and then not long after that, though, I met Elijah uh, when we did the Z conference, which some of you that listen to this, maybe you remember the Z conference and uh, just a, a really a cool kind of uh, high point conclusion to 2020 where we were able to have young people from all over the world be part of a really powerful digital conference with ministry and just so many testimonies and stories that came out of that and and just ways that God worked through that but uh but yeah no I I totally echo that I've just been so encouraged by uh, I think a lot of people when they meet someone who has influence and uh, uh or even fame dare we say, dare we say uh, people look at that and like, oh, look at this person. They must be really into themselves. They must really uh, be uh, arrogant or prideful or whatever. Look at these guys. But I can attest that after getting to know you guys, just you guys are, you're the real deal. And God has been using him in mighty ways. And I love how you're both just really seeking the Lord and uh, and are not afraid to act on behalf of the ways that God stirs in your heart, uh, whether that be even years ago, Elijah, when you started first making content on uh, on social media that led to so much on the internet, and as David talked about, and or David, when you started doing stuff on the internet, and, and then beyond just the internet stuff, just the ways that the Lord has been using you all just with your friends, your peers, your circles is just so inspiring to see, and, and, uh, and to see that you're definitely just really going for it for the Lord, which is so cool. And, and that kind of leads into the second thing I, I wanted to talk about here. And, uh, I'd love to kind of hear from a little bit of you guys, just what, it, what have you been feeling like? It's been, 
It's been two and a half, you're almost three years now. We're coming up on March 2023. It's it's almost been three years since the COVID pandemic started. And as we look at history and look at like or recent history, which we all lived through, as we look at the last few years, I think we've come to start to realize as we look back just some of the significance that that 2020 year had. In some ways I feel like it was a reset. In some ways I feel like it was a total restructuring, kind of like we were all on a trajectory and whatever those trajectories were just just stopped in February, March of 2020. And uh, and specifically with you guys, you got to witness firsthand powerful revival and kids that have come to know the Lord all over the world through some through you guys and even more so just through our peers and through others that have been sharing their faith online and just making a big deal of the Lord. And and God worked in incredible ways through TikTok, through social media, through live streams, through Zoom stuff. And and we saw the Lord show up in a mighty way there, but it's been almost three years now. Tell me just what, what do you feel like the Lord has done over the course of the last three years in the context even of a uh, of what the Lord did then in 2020, people came to faith. Now there's people that, including maybe some of you that are listening to this now, like you've been, maybe you've been growing in your faith and, uh, and figuring out just what it means to live a life for Christ. But what do you guys feel like the Lord has been doing the last few years, even in the last year, maybe even? Yeah. Um, the process of sanctification is uh, evident. Um, and people think that 2020 was a reset. Um, and it was, um, any, any trial, any, um, really conflict kind of like that is, a is a reset. It happens pretty much every time in history, something bad goes down, people go to the Lord because they finally realize their need for him. Um, so yeah, I completely agree with you on that. I think this past year, two or three, like I said earlier, um, is the process of sanctification, um, and seeing who was really real with their confession and who wasn't, um, people who relied on the hype have really fallen away. Um, uh, and that sounds really bad, but it's true. I have lots of people. I know lots of people who really got on fire and the Lord kind of dealt, um, with that, I think the closer and closer and the longer and longer we go. And it's evident throughout history that the God really, God really weeds people out who really love him and not some weird dictatorship way, but, um, those who love him will endure. Um, all that being said, um, I think the main thing for someone who, who, who got saved 2020 had that kind of reset. The main thing that I've learned and I think is evident um, and maybe you're uh, kind of stagnant right now is a verse. It's Isaiah um, 30 verse 18. Um, and it says this, let me find a non weird version that everyone won't get offended at. So the Lord must wait for you to come to him so he can show you his love and compassion for the Lord is a faithful God. Blessed are those who wait for his help. So the way I'm going to answer your question through all that rambling um, is this past couple years, those who have waited on the Lord um, 
are blessed and not in some weird prosperity gospel way um, where you get a jet and a bunch of bunch of things, but you get to know him deeper. You get to know him stronger. And for you um, listening, if you got saved in 2020, 2019, and you're kind of wondering what's going on right now and what to do, I think the best encouragement I can give to you is continue to do um, what you did in 2020 when God showed up is wait, wait on the Lord. That's what I've seen evident in my life um, is the constant waiting for God, trusting him. Um, and yeah, does that, does that kind of answer the question? Yeah, no, it, it really does, David. I, I noticed from even what I've seen personally, just getting to observe, uh, uh, young people in, in their element and having the chance to travel with, with what I do with how to life movement, getting to connect with young people around the world. I, I get to meet some of these people who came to Christ through, uh, the social media work that, that whether it was you guys or, or, or many others, uh, of our, of our, of our fellow, uh, friends that the Lord kind of worked through, through, uh, during pandemic times. And, and still today, like social media ministry is not done. It wasn't just a 2020 thing. It's been going strong and, uh, and still is. And in my prayers for much time to come, it will continue. Uh, there will always be a massive need and, yeah, I think you're totally right. And the the passage that comes to mind for me, I just pulled up here the parable of the sower. I think uh, I'll, I'm going to read a little bit of this. Matthew 13, uh, verse 3, where Jesus was uh, sharing a parable. He said, A sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seeds fell along the path, and the birds came and devoured them. Other seeds fell on rocky ground, where they did not have much soil, and immediately they sprang up, since they had no depth of soil. But when the sun rose, they were scorched. And since they had no root, they withered away. Other seeds fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked them. Other seeds fell on a good soil and produced grain, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. He who has ears, let them hear. And and uh, and Jesus explains it in more detail after that. But uh, to think that I, I think twenty twenty was a massive year of seeds being planted and sowed all over, and and uh, some took root, some didn't, and. Uh, and my prayer, though, is that for you who's listening or any person uh, that is in their faith, that we really desire to be rooted and to be rooted in Christ and to know that God will be our hope through that. But uh, Elijah, what do you feel like the Lord's been doing the last uh, few years? And and maybe uh, what is maybe your hope for uh, Gen Z Christians uh, or even just our generation in general uh, in the next few years, what would you love to see the Lord do uh, in our generation? Uh, what have you been seeing him doing and what do you hope to see him do? Yeah. Um, I think last night we discussed um, just us talking some of this idea of like the way that people come into the kingdom tends to impact um, how mm. they go forward in it. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, like I think the reason a lot of people don't evangelize to strangers is because most of them didn't become Christians as because a stranger evangelized mm. them, you know? Um, and so I think a lot of Christians, especially in America, follow this model of, oh, sharing the gospel means inviting someone to church, which there's nothing wrong with inviting someone to church. It's just not what the Great Commission is. Mm-hmm. Um, it can Lots of people get saved that way. It's awesome the Lord uses it. But I think that a lot of kids who got saved in 2020, um, even church, churched and unchurched, unchurched kids together, um, you know, got saved because there was other teenagers that were being passionate on the internet. Um, Mm. And I think what that meant is that people were sprung into the kingdom in a way that prompted them to take responsibility. 
uh, which is incredible. You know, lots and lots mm. of my friends are becoming missionaries. David became a missionary. I moved to LA to do ministry there and become a missionary. Um, you know, and like so many of my friends are being propelled into the kingdom in really passionate, crazy ways um, and going above and beyond and not being content with, um, you know, just the church invite thing, but wanting to go above and beyond and, you know, reach the nations and just do crazy things. Um, and so, yeah, I, I think that's been in incredible. Uh, but I think almost to echo some of what, what David said, I look at 2020 as like the easiest time in the world to become a Christian. Mm -hmm. Um, you know what I'm saying? Like, e e even though like, you know, people were spending so much time on the internet or whatever, life's demands dropped by 99%. There's so much less that actually requires your attention. So you have more time than you've ever had in your entire life to be with the Lord, like ever. There's so much less now that's demanding you. Um, and so you have all this time you give to the Lord and then everyone's depressed and nobody loves Jesus like a depressed person. Um, that's a joke, but just like people who oh, are, man. people who are brokenhearted need comfort and God supplies comfort. Mm. So, and people know that, like, whether that be because they grew up in the church or they know it intuitively that God wants to offer them help because the Holy Spirit's speaking to them. So people run to God for that help. Um, but then when life goes back to normal, it's so easy to throw Jesus to the sideline. And, um, I just think that what, what the past two years has done is it's really shown us like the people who genuinely fell in love with Jesus and the people who found like a temporary fulfillment of comfort because things were rough or difficult or confusing or distracting. Um, the ones who really want him are still after him and um, are probably giving more of their time to him now than they were in the pandemic because they've really fallen in love with him. Um, so, yeah. Wow, wow. No, I, I, I really, I think this is a, good conversation to have because i think again back in back in in the day of just a few years ago when you guys were literally high school students and and uh and many of the people listening on here were high school students and now you're like i'm about to be a junior in university in college what in the world i'm like like life has moved quick and in uni in uni I'm yes going to uni yes we we have learned all the proper i mean year two <laughs> proper British ways to be able to speak and have a conversation and oh boy my we're, we're all slipping into our I'm gonna I keep doing it on accident I'm gonna do it the rest of the podcast yes yes David wait, we'll do it yes Go David ahead. do this Scottish. do your Irish accent my Scottish is a little bit better Jordan the Scottish yeah, is a little bit better a little bit better rubbish all right check out my um check out my British accent ready Hello, I'm British. <laughs> David has been saying this whole trip. His, his catchphrase has been Hello, Hello Brovna. Hello, Brevna. It's it's here, let me explain. It's Brov and Governor mixed. I think I think I I think we kind of got that. I got that. Thank you, Brovna. Yes. Would you like to make some toast and beans, Susan? <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> oh man. We we've just gotten off track a little bit. But you know, hey. That's kind of the nature with uh, uh, with Gen Z. As I shared on, uh, as I've been saying here this week a little bit, often the, sometimes the most wise people are often the most goofy. And uh, the two of you help confirm that <laughs> philosophy and, and theory of mine. Uh, childlike faith. Childlike faith. Or childlike, but not childish. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> that's weird elijah well me and david love to have fun 
Yes. That's what it is. And we're yes. super like confident and secure in who God made us and how he's made us. And so I'm willing just to have fun and go, cause I know at the end of the day, like I'm not sinning by being a goofball and like, I know. Eh. <laughs> okay, bro. I thought for a long time that Christians always had to be serious and you know, to be passionate, I had to be stoic and extremely wise and never mm. joke around. And, and then I, I would just start like, I, there was one time I just had this thought where I was like, I started imagining Jesus, like pranking the disciples and like pushing him off the boat to be funny and stuff like that. And I was like, he would do that. You know what I mean? Like yeah. they were, they were his, the disciples were all like, that's an inference. That's heresy. Okay. <laughs> well, oh, no. thank you, bro, for that. Um, the disciples were all like, all of them except Peter were younger than I am. Because wow. only Peter paid the, the temple tax, um, which you had to be, mm. you, you were 20. 20 and above, you paid that. So all of them are younger than 20. Wow. And so they would have been, that's why you see them have little stupid arguments. Like, which one of us is the best? And all that. Because they're teenage boys. Like, I know. They're goofballs. They're high schoolers, basically. It and so like, Jesus totally is like, explains it. Jesus is like my boys, you know, in like a fatherly way, you know, looking at them. And so like, totally, he messed around with them on stuff like that. Like, uh, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. And so I just saw like, Jesus knew um, that there was a time to be serious and a time to joke around just like every other human being. And like Jesus couldn't have a fully experienced what it means to be human. And he couldn't sympathize with us in every way if he had no experience with humor and, and laughter and games and fun and all that stuff. So it was a part of his human experience too. And so there's a way to do it righteously. Anyways, that's a long way of saying me and David are okay with being stupid as long as it's the right time. Sometimes we do it at the wrong time but we figure it out. <laughs> Amen. That's a, that's a mini sermon in and of itself. On <laughs> a sermonette. A sermonette. There you go. Yes. No, I, I still remember at How to Life Orlando <laughs> last year when, uh, uh, Elijah got up there and, uh, you, you were cracking a joke probably every 20 seconds. And there was a reoccurring joke about me starting a cult. Yes. Which I stand by. It was very funny. And, I got uh, blamed in some of those comments, though, it, on, on all the Christian accounts that reposted the video and got eight times as many views as mine did. Um, the <laughs> comments, I got called a prosperity preacher on the other one, but those comments were just flaming me. People did not like the cult jokes. <laughs> they, yeah. And they were like joking. You shouldn't mess, make jokes during a sermon and all this stuff. And I was like, oh, OK. But yeah, it was fun. Well, it, you, you if you look at your TikTok page now, you've got that compilation video up there and then the next one though is just like awesome it's the gospel like you're you got it all in there and uh and i, I like in the crowd like i could tell that maybe there were a couple like parents or adults who were just like what is he doing and, <laughs> and and i'm just like sitting on the edge of my seat but i'm like trust the process he knows where he's going he knows his generation and who's the crowd his generation our generation this should work yeah and uh and then you got to the gospel and there were kids who came to Christ that night and uh, uh, including uh, a couple of your friends, I know, which was so, so encouraging to, to see the Lord work uh, in that way. So now, uh, so that's a little bit of a rabbit trail guys from, uh, but, but all really good stuff. And, uh, um, and honestly, actually, so uh, we're actually going to cut this episode into two parts. We've never done that before, but I'm excited for you all to hear a bit more from these guys. And, but before we finish part one, uh, David, what, give us just a little bit more of a challenge. Cause I know uh, so far we've, we've been talking a bit about, uh, I guess standing strong and, uh, and standing in the faith, standing firm in the faith, uh, maybe as if uh, like what the armor of God talks about, uh, what would be your challenge to someone on how to stand firm 
in the faith? My, our generation, just things that, the main thing that's been plaguing our generation, I believe, is hurry. Um, uh, the need to have everything so quickly. Um, and I've seen people fall because of the lack of patience they have with God and for his voice. Um, I've seen people stumble. I myself have stumbled and fallen on my face because I didn't wait on the Lord. Um, so my made encouragement, warning, exhortation, um, basically everything is to wait on the Lord. Wait on the Lord. Please wait on the Lord. Um, it is vital for your faith to wait on the Lord. This past year, I went through some of the hardest trials I ever went to went through. Um, um, it was really spiritual warfare. Like if God didn't show up, I was done. I was done. Um, but he did show up. And I was not perfect. I'm not like some super Christian flying around, getting everything right. Um, but what the Lord did teach me and what I had a slight understanding of and what really basically helped me was waiting on the Lord. Again, I did not do it perfectly at all. Um, I, I, I realized my need for the Lord. Um, but yeah, my, my encouragement and the reason I keep saying it over and over and over, cause it's so important. You must wait on the Lord. Stop being in such a hurry. Um, stop being in such a rush. Get rid of hurry. We have been taught to have everything so quickly but God is not going to change because of our culture. Throughout the entire New Old, throughout the entire Bible, God's history and God's characters to form people in trials, but long ones. God doesn't always come quickly right when we think he needs to. And so for you, wait on the Lord. Be patient. Honestly, I see God often bring us to the edge of the Red Sea, and then he splits the waters. Not when Pharaoh starts chasing us, but when we have nowhere else to go. So he gets the glory and not us. So wait on the Lord. Wait on the Lord. Blessed are those who wait on the Lord. God is patient. Be patient with him. Because he's not changing. You will, and that's not always fun, so I encourage you. Trust my words when I say, wait on the Lord. That's so good, David. I couldn't agree more. I think in these seasons, and I know David, we've talked about this just a little bit, just how just even in for for all of us in 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 recent years. And when you look back, you can kind of see what what that looks like, how we grow in our faith, how we mature, and and kind of needing uh, knowing that uh, we we're all on this journey. And uh, we talked about it earlier, the sanctification, that process of becoming more like Jesus is, it's a lifelong process. And I talk about often, whether you're nine or 99, you're still being sanctified. Like your sanctification journey is not done until you are with Jesus someday. And even then you're still going to become more and more like God, probably for all eternities, the the way that that seems to be implied theologically, which is really cool to think about. And, uh, but, but in this lifetime, we are constantly needing to become more like Christ and, uh, and to wait on him and to trust him and know that he does have uh, better plans for us, better plans than anything we could ever think of on our own. Uh, he wants to do more than we uh, could ever ask or imagine, and uh, and we can take heart in that. Uh, Elijah, would you be willing, as we kind of finish this part one, could you just pray for the listener that is trying to stand firm in the faith and just pray that God would uh, be with them uh, during uh, and, and help them stand firm? 
Uh, Lord Jesus, I just pray for every single person who's listening right now. Um, yeah, Lord, would you just increase their faith um, and fill them with boldness and courage um, and a confidence that's based solely on, on who you are, on who you've revealed yourself as and who they've experienced you to be. Um, I just pray that you would make them people with, with good memories who can look back on all the ways that you've been faithful in the past in every way that you've shown up, in every way you've been consistent, um, and that they would be fully expectant with faith, looking into the future that you're going to show up, not just the same way, but even better than the way you showed up in the times before. Um, I just pray that you would, you would teach them to fall in love with you, Jesus, that they would stand strong upon the rock um, and not look to the, to the left or to the right, but stay looking forward to you, seeking you with their whole hearts all the days of their life. And I just pray that we would all live with confidence knowing that the goodness and mercy of the Lord are chasing after us all the time. And there is an, there is always an open invitation to your table. And so I just pray, Lord, especially for my generation, that we would be lovers of God, um, and that you would make us uh, and teach us to just be wildly, madly in love with you, to be totally obsessed with you. And that upon the foundation of that love that is given in return to you, that you love us first, that in return to you, Lord, we would love you. And based on that love, that we would run with you in excitement, that we would persevere through every trial and consider them all joy. Um, yeah, Jesus, I just pray for every listener that you would comfort them, draw near to them, and Holy Spirit, you would empower them to obey you unconditionally and to trust you unconditionally and to chase after you with everything. Fill them, fill them, fill them with hope, Holy Spirit. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, guys, thank you. And uh, once again, guys, this is going to be a part one, part two episode. So do tune in to the next episode coming out very soon as you'll get to hear us finish this conversation uh, with David Ladding and Elijah Lamb. Uh, I hope you are encouraged uh, by what the Lord is speaking. And uh, if you don't follow uh, or aren't involved, uh, or if you don't uh, follow Elijah and David, make sure to find them on the social medias. They are amazing uh, and uh, you'll be encouraged. And uh, if you don't uh, follow How to Life Movement or Gen Z Today podcast or uh, Jordan Whitmer, that's who I am, uh, we'd love to connect with you. Uh, How to Life Movement is this ministry of Gen Z, reaching Gen Z. And if you're interested in wanting to plan a student-led event in your community, uh, like this event in London that we're about to be a part of here, uh, uh, reach out to us. We'd love to talk with you. If you're like, hey, I want to reach my friends for Jesus, but I don't know how, uh, we'd love to have that conversation with you. And uh, feel free to reach out at, at How to Life Movement if you're interested. And uh, But uh, that is all for this episode. We are going to begin part two uh, and uh, excited for you to tune in here very soon. Thank you for listening. I invite you to subscribe, leave a rating or review, and tell your friends about the Gen Z Today podcast. Tune in each Wednesday for a brand new episode. On Instagram, you can follow at Gen Z Today podcast, as well as my page at Jordan Whitmer. Gen Z Today is sponsored by How to Life Movement, with a mission to reach, disciple, and mobilize Gen Z young people for Christ. Gen Z Today and How to Life Movement are made possible because of the generous financial partnership of friends like you. To find out more, visit our website, genztoday.com. That website again is genztoday.com. See you next time on Gen Z Today.